Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Stuart Scanlon. And I'm Mark Donovan. And this is the Bad Screenplays Podcast. Me and Mark used to write comedy screenplays and TV shows. Unfortunately, we didn't get anywhere. So we've decided to pick through and review other people's efforts to see where we went wrong and have a laugh along the way. Yep, in each episode I'll send Mark a script, he sends one to me and we read them out totally unseen. Send your screenplays to us at badscreenplayspodcast at gmail.com. Good evening, Stu. How are you doing? Good evening. Very well, very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, (laughs) It's episode seven. Can you believe it? No, it's flown by, hasn't it? It has flown slash flying by. <laughs> yeah. It's good, though. It's just, uh, you know, ne- it never feels like work if, if you're having fun. And this is uh, the most fun I have all week, so. Yeah, it's definitely not work. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was fun. Um, funny, actually. Last episode, we read one of the scripts from our uh, Reddit friends, which is Ass Hatsons, which is great. And, um We've been speaking to Christopher and um, via email and stuff like that, and he was happy that we caught a couple of his uh, hot fuzz and Shaun of the Dead references and stuff like that. He was pleased that we that we got into them. Yeah, put a couple of Easter eggs that we ID'd, uh, and uh, and he cleared up a couple of things for us as well. He did, didn't he? Did so. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for listening as well. That's great. Got another message off someone from Reddit today as well, which is quite fun. Don't know if you saw this one. She was, it was it wasn't that long ago at all. And it was, um, someone said, why would people send you bad scripts? I'd rather punch myself in the dick. That was, sure. That was fun. That was some uh, good Reddit banter. Aw, aren't they nice? <laughs> lovely on Reddit. Well, yeah, well, uh, user Anon123, I suggest you go and do that. I think it was like pony fish disease or something they were called. Was it? Yeah. 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 Throw away. <laughs> Oh, very good. Well, Merry Christmas to you too, sir. Merry Christmas, broken, twisted snow angel or whatever the fuck. 
and talking of scripts, we've got a couple of uh, couple of good ones this week, I think. We have. We have indeed. It's my turn to go first, Stu, isn't it? It is your turn, and I've sent you a, a TV show okay. uh, this week, not a movie. It's episode one of a TV show. I guess it's a pilot. Okay. It says episode one, level one, and it's called Gamers. Okay. Yeah. So we've got another couple of um, another couple of dogs writing scripts here. Matthew M. Pfeiffer. Nice. Yeah, exactly. In the week that Cyberpunk 2077 came out, mm. I think we have to really address uh, the gaming community with this one. It's a huge release. Have you got it? No, not yet. I'm holding off for a few weeks. All uh, right, a few weeks says in Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just can't put my head into that over Christmas. They wouldn't see me. Oh, shit. No way. I haven't gone there next gen yet. I know you have. Yeah. Oh, I've got the S, so um, I haven't sprung for the X yet, which uh, eh, we'll see in the new year. But no, S is great. I love it. You can still play them. What have you been playing? Yeah. <laughs> A lot of Call of Duty. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Getting those. You're really, you're really Nova Dansk inside out. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagined you probably would anyway, Stu, the amount of friggin' jump around the globe you've done. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, uh, yep. There we go. So, I've got gamers. Internal house, afternoon. Matt is sleeping in bed when the alarm goes off. So, we've got another alarm clock start. <laughs> I know. It's a common one. He rolls over to turn it off. It's 1.45pm. Camera cuts to a variety of morning activities when the doorbell rings. Matt opens the door to reveal Steve holding beers. Happy anniversary! Matt, sleepily. What, what are you talking about? Steve walks in, sets down the beer, removing one for Matt. Steve, tossing Matt a beer. Come on now. I know you've been a bit turned around lately, but... You couldn't have possibly forgot what day it was six years ago. Matt, setting his unopened beer. No. Steve, yes. Matt, has it been six years already? Steve, six years today. Matt, damn. Matt opens beer and takes a large drink. Matt, now in new room of house, drinking with Steve. It seems like we just launched this site yesterday. Steve, I know... And now RighteousGamers.com is, in the <laughs> 20, is the 23rd largest site in the world. And we have that six-figure salary that everyone dreams about. So they, these guys have got a six-figure salary from a game website. 23rd largest site in the world. That's pretty good going. That is pretty good going. No, I can't afford it. I've got a six-figure salary. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Google in the, 20, the current 23rd um, most popular Top 50 websites in the world. Um, the 23rd most popular website is Microsoft Office. Right. So these guys yeah. are playing with the fucking, the big dog. Good for them. They are. What else huh. What else is in there? Uh, well, Google's obviously number one. Mm. Uh, Amazon, number 11. Wikipedia, number 13. Reddit, 18. <laughs> well done, Reddit. <laughs> Um, and uh, uh, if we go down a bit, Apple's 39, wow. uh, Twitter, 40. Yeah, it's... Um, okay, so they're up there with their... Um, they're a tech yeah. giant. They're, they're obviously <laughs> fucking huge. Breathing refined air. Yeah, too right. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, okay, great. I, I would imagine you have more than a six-figure salary, but Matt, you know, I do sometimes feel guilty that other people in our tax bracket actually improve people's lives while we run a website about video games. 
and work out of my house. I reckon they could definitely afford an office. Yeah. Steve, I hear you. It's like I told you, 27 years of immaturity has definitely paid off for us. Matt and Steve, cheers. Cut to opening credits. Okay. I just imagine the opening credits like like the big bang theory. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> the They Might Be Giant song. <laughs> oh, God. Cut to opening credits. Matt and Steve are playing video games. Steve. Oh, my God, dude. I have to tell you about this chick I brought home last night. I mean, I've had some lookers, but... Matt, interrupting. Will you just shut up about your sexual exploits? Matt, why? You know damn well why. Megan and I broke up, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't exactly enjoy listening to your sleazy sex stories while I spend every night at home jerking off to Chun-Li. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, Claude Van Damme's come full circle. <laughs> she was street fighter, wasn't she? Yeah, Street Fighter, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, and well, Van, Dan, Dan, Street Fighter. Yeah. I, I, when I was looking at um, when we were trying to verify whether we could actually say um, on microphone that Van Damme spent nearly, nearly all of his money on cocaine. Was a mad cokehead, yeah, sure. Um, apparently, um, he was at his, his most prolific while he was playing um, Colonel Guile. <laughs> I actually had a little bit of research as myself, and uh, yeah. yeah, that must have been quite a movie to work on. <laughs> <laughs> what did you find uh, out about it? I didn't read too much about it. I just knew that, like, man, it was like chaos. They got, like, I think they got like thirty-five million to make the movie. This might be completely wrong. This is what I remember from last week. And Claude wanted like ten of it Ugh. straight off the bat. And then who was the uh, who was the uh, Bison? Oh, I forget his name. He was the guy who played yeah. Gomez Adams, wasn't he? He's yes, a fantastic exactly. actor. A fantastic actor and a high-priced actor as well. Yeah. So he took like another third of the money. Oh, God. So they had so they had to shoot this cheap. So they ended up going to Australia to shoot a bunch of it. Mm. But the rule from the Australian government was, well, if you're gonna shoot an Oz, you need to have an Aussie actor. So they just hired Kylie Minogue. <laughs> That's why she's in it. <laughs> That's why she's in it. Oh, it was shit. a contractual obligation. Oh, my. so they're like, who's Australian? I don't know, Kylie Minogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you... Right? John Claude's just pacing up and down, looking around, just rubbing his nose. Oh, my <laughs> God. He, he hasn't uh, admitted himself, though, that he, he was absolutely just spending 20000 a week on cocaine during the film and all that. Oh, my God. Talking about other, um, other famous... Uh, Famous cokeheads. Um, <laughs> if you ever seen like a Richard Pryor interview, like while he was shooting some movie with Gene Wilder, no. it's on YouTube somewhere. You see, um, uh, yeah, Richard Pryor interview, and it's just, it's unbelievable. Wow. It's like you watch it and you go, "Oh my god, no!" Really, that bad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that leads you down a rabbit hole. James Brown, I'm the rest so- of them. I've seen the James yeah, Brown one that? where that, yeah. that's terrifying. It's like, how can drugs do that to a person? He's just completely and utterly on another, <laughs> another planet, isn't he? Yeah, he's just going like to that, that woman down the line. on the, He's going, yeah, Papa's got a brand new bag. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh, hey, you've got a new album out. It's like, yeah, woo, living in America. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's very James Brown what he's doing, isn't it? Oh, it's great. How did all of this trouble begin? Living in America. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. Anyway, let's get back to it. What have we got? Got someone having a cheeky one to 16-bit graphics. Mm. Uh, Steve taking a back. Sorry. 
The doorbell rings and Steve answered it. Dan enters with a six pack. So a six pack of beers or a six pack? Oh, like a He's shredded abs. <laughs> yeah. Dan, six years, bitches. <laughs> Steve, just another day at the office, my friend. Steve and Dan cheers, hug, and we move to the basement with Matt. Matt, morning, sunshine. Dan, you know, it's three in the afternoon. I've been up for over eight hours now. Matt, that's because you have a fiancé who tucks you in at 9.30 every night, while I, on the other hand, get hopped up on Vicodin, drink beer, and pwn noobs till 4 (laughs) a.m. Pound, pwn. All right. You tell me who has the more kick-ass life. Dan to Steve. What's with him? Steve, he's pissed because I wanted to tell him one of my sleazy sex stories. Dan, that was over four months ago. Matt, and you know, we dated for over five years. Dan, yeah, I hear you. But you can't deny Steve's sleazy sex stories. Hell, you can't can't deny me Steve's sleazy sex stories. I mean, with all the wedding prep, Jen's been colder than Hoth. What's that? It's an ice planet from... Which one was it? Ice planet from Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you sound disappointed. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. <sighs> right. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> so explain to me why the only one of us who was actually in a relationship is the one who isn't getting any. Damn. I know. It's just this wedding stuff. Wait, when did Matt start getting some? Steve, oh, he's been working overtime at Chun-Li on a nightly basis. <laughs> Damn. You know, I always wonder why they couldn't make a decent Street Fighter movie. Wait a minute, you did make a decent Street Fighter movie. We were just talking about (laughs) it a few minutes ago. It's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's still playing games. Yeah, you think a bunch of slutty chicks and beefcake dudes beating the shit out of each other would be cinema gold, but it turns out (laughs) it's just a recipe for overacted, underwritten garbage. Oh, man. I'm going to watch that Street Fighter film again, you know? I think it's... Right. It's just a fascinating piece of history. <laughs> it really is. It's a snapshot in time, isn't it? Steve, amen. Those girls are so fine. I can't tell you the things I'd do to them. Dan, you don't need to. We already know you're an oversexed, underloved horn dog. You'll sleep with pretty much anyone with a vag. <laughs> <laughs> These are bad bros. These aren't like dorks or like tech guys. Steve, whatever, dude. I have standards. Matt. What about that girl with the prosthetic leg? Dan, or that girl with the terrible lisp? Matt, oh, and don't forget the one who was at least in her 50s. Steve, you can both go to hell. At least I'm not some whipped up piece of shit or spend every night drunk and feeling sorry for myself. Matt, while drinking one of many beers, I'm not whipped. Steve, right. Dan, it doesn't matter. The main thing is some of us have met the one person in the world who completely gets us and some of us haven't. Steve, this is just ridiculous. Dan, you just don't, want it, don't know what it's like to meet that person who understands you at every level. Steve, I don't know. This whole convo sounds like a Hugh Grant flick. <laughs> I wonder which one, the man who walked up a hill and came down a mountain. <laughs> Dan, I think that's a little over the... Matt, interrupt him. You think there's anyone who's a bigger noob than Hugh Grant? <laughs> Noob. Uh, just imagine Hugh Grant just like loading up a particular game for the first time and like 
actually embodying the noob. I don't think he's ever played anything in his life like that, is he? No, he, he's he's um maybe he sort of plays the the uninitiated, but he's no, he knows what's going on. Oh yeah, you. did you? He disappeared mm. for. I actually read an article a few weeks ago. He said like why Hugh Grant like left Hollywood for so many years. I was like, oh, did he? <laughs> Um, apparently he did he didn't he didn't do uh, he hasn't done movies in a while oh okay did you see him do those like Netflix or um, BBC show a very English scandal I believe it was good I didn't watch it though it was good it was it was very very good Mm. it was um, quite graphic right and but beautifully acted like if you look up who it was based on it was uh, uncanny. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. yeah, very, very good. Enjoyable. BBC iPlayer. He's obviously really talented. and He was typecast a long time ago. And he seems pretty enlightened to me, calling out, like, you know, some hacking phones and all that shit. Wasn't he leading that with Coogan? Yeah, he was right. He was right at the forefront of it, yeah. Hacked off. Hacked off. So, nice. who's a bigger noob than Hugh Grant? Apparently, to Steve, it's David Schwimmer who's a bigger noob than Hugh Grant. David Schwimmer. What's, what's Spenny's better-looking brother? <laughs> that's fantastic Uh, that's for that's for you four people in canada who listen to us (laughs) matt Uh, (laughs) you know he may just be spenny's better looking no he doesn't say that yeah dan yeah but not british so i'd have to call it a draw can hell they don't like brits brits all noobs what were we talking about before steve i don't know and i don't care but I have thought of a way to get you out of your Megan slump. Matt, oh, um, what might that be? Steve, a party at my place. I'll give you some yeah. pointers. I'll send you in the right direction. You'll have your pick of the litter. Oh. There you go. <laughs> pick of the litter. I know, it's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> Dan, this is a great idea. Plus, after a few drinks, Jen gets drunk and hoary. And if she forgets about the wedding, it'll be the perfect getaway. But... Without Steve Zahn and a bullshit twist at the end. Steve Zahn. Who's Steve Zahn? I don't know who Steve Zahn is. I'm not, I'm not um, going <laughs> along with Dan's plan of making his his fiance forget about a wedding by getting her drunk. Uh, I get, well, I don't think permanently. He's not looking to... Erase a memory of the no, whole thing. No, no, <laughs> no. Stop men in black. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's just like take her mind off of it for the night. Right. Steve Zahn is an American actor. Oh man, I know his face, but I, uh, I think he was shit. Steve Zahn, he was in him. Did, did you ever watch that thing you do? Film, no, fucking great film. It's about a band in the nineteen sixties, like a Beatles esque sort of band, and um, Tom Tom Hanks plays the manager, and they have like a hit, and it's um, the band's called the Wonders, and the song's called Is That Thing You Do. The guy who wrote the song, just on a massive tangent here, is, um, you know, Devo? Yeah, yeah. They're fucking great. Um, yeah. The guy Mark from Devo, Mark Mothersbaugh, writes, like, a ridiculous amount of film scores, and he wrote that song. That, uh, that Does he really? Do. It's a great song. And he wrote, like, the theme tune for, like, Rugrats and loads of Nickelodeon music and all that. No way. I had no idea. He's a proper, like, um, virtuoso. He's dead good. I, I know Mark, and I know the... Um, the drummer as well, Josh Freeze is um, the oh, drummer for right. When he has time, he used to play with them back in the day. Yeah, I didn't know that. I remember yeah, you being very good, right? Like following loads of Josh Freeze's stuff, like. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, he plays on everything. I think he's like still <laughs> riding the Sting 
wagon for you know he's been oh, Sting's right. t- touring drummer for a few years now, and it suited him really well. Like he's playing really really good. No, he's an unbelievable talent, isn't he? So good. Um, okay, Steve. Then it's settled. Party Friday at my place. We'll get Matt over Megan and Dan under Jen. Uh-huh. Dan, you pretty much discuss me in every way possible. <laughs> but I must say, there are times when you're a genius. <laughs> so he's a genius. There you go. Matt, I'll come. But I can tell you right now, I'm not going to have any fun. Steve, I figured you'd have that attitude. And because of the, I'm going to need you to come over for a few hours early. Matt, oh, and, and why is that? Steve, because I'm not letting your self-destructing attitude into my apartment. And you haven't picked up a girl in years, so you're going to need some coaching. Steve's going to teach Matt how to speak to a litter of girls, apparently. Is it the game? Is that what they call it? Is that the game? (laughs) Remember those? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Yeah, there's those guys who go around like, hey, can I talk to you real quick? And I think they got banned from doing it. Like, they're on the streets just picking up women. I think they call it the game or something. Oh, my God. That sounds very 2000s, doesn't it? Like... So 2000s, and it's like, it's so bad, but it's like master manipulation. Oh, Like everything okay. they they think they've got a response for, you know, it's like, oosh. It's all planned out sort of thing. The, from the guy's point of view, yeah. Mm. Like if she does this and goes to walk off, do this. And, you know, it's like, oh my God. Wow, that's really bad. That's really horrible. It's it's really bad. <laughs> it's Weinsteinian. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Matt, so are you going to mentor me like Mr. Miyagi? I'm pretty sure Mr. Miyagi didn't teach Daniel LaRusso to go and pick up girls. No, he did not. That didn't happen. Steve, exactly, but with a laundry list of STDs. Gesturing, (laughs) wax on, wax off. Internal Steve's apartment. Matt is outside knocking on the door. Steve answers. Steve, Jesus Christ, you look like shit. Matt walks in and goes straight to the fridge. Steve, have you showered today? Matt, digging for a beer. Do you have anything in, in a light? Steve, grabbing Matt, sitting him down and setting aside his beer. Just sit down. We'll run through you through things and, and grab you some socially acceptable clothes. Matt, what's, what's wrong with me clothes? Steve, gesturing at Matt's t-shirt, which reads, just blow it. Look, I'm as big an 8-bit fan as you, but nothing dries up a lady quicker than a convo about Kid Icarus. I don't know, what if the girl's into Kid Icarus? Matt, I just... I just don't get women. Next you'll be telling me Star Wars is off limits. Steve, obviously, girls don't want to waste an hour of their time debating the importance of Ewoks. Matt, why not? Ewoks are cute and cuddly and they overthrew the Empire. Steve, which made no sense. I mean, they're essentially Wookiees with Down syndrome. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, wait there, let me do a quick Google. Let me have a quick look on Wikipedia. It that's actually actually exists. The Wikipedia for um, Star Wars is called Wikipedia. Is it really? It tells me um, Ewoks are actually fairy bipedal mammaloids indigenous to Endor. Uh, not Dazzadron Wookies, which are from Kashyyyk. So there you go. Wookies, Ewoks, Down syndrome. I see that. <laughs> okay. Oh God! Look at them. Oh, fucking hell. Right, let's get back. Plus, I don't trust anything I can punt over 40 yards. I have to see him throw a fucking Ewok 40 yards. (laughs) Matt, 
All I know is that the rebellion would have failed without them. Steve. And this whole back and forth is something no normal woman would be part of. I mean, I'm a fan too, but advertising your obsession is not going to help you get with a normal female. Matt, in my opinion, any chick that can't tell an X-Wing from an A-Wing is far from normal. Steve, just please stay away from the trilogy tonight. So do you reckon this was written before the prequels? Well, the way you... Well, you said something at the beginning. I haven't even thought of that. But you said at the beginning, like, when we were looking up the, the websites... Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I made me think, like, maybe there was a time when some nerds were in the top 20, 30 websites. And that's not now. Right. That was... Yeah, maybe this was, like, the dot-com bubble or something. I don't know. There's no date on this um, script. Okay, so we're judging it by 2020 standards. Where it's clearly, like... <laughs> 1999 or something like that. Perhaps. Okay. Matt, the Force can have a strong influence on the weak-minded. Internal Steve's party. Matt is standing around drinking a beer when a cute girl approaches him. Girl 1. She hasn't got a name. Pretty good party. Matt, startled. What? Uh, Oh, yeah. Girl 1. So do you have a name? Sorry, uh, kind of new to this whole scene. I'm Matt. Girl 1. You know, I've always liked that name. Ma, blatant out after an awkward silence. So what exactly is your take on Ewoks? <laughs> Girl man walks away in disgust. She doesn't like Ewoks. Oh, she wasn't one of the fans. No. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> what do you think of Ewoks? <laughs> Imagine if she turned around and she was like, oh God, yeah, I love Ewoks, but they're not, you know, they come from Endor, don't they, which is a forest moon and, you know, not Kashyyyk like Wookiees. <laughs> Maybe she thinks so little of Ewoks hmm. that she didn't want to acknowledge that question with an answer. Maybe. I love that line on Space where he goes, Ewoks were rubbish! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a series, that. You love the... I did a rewatch recently. It's, it's, it's very dated, but it's still brilliant. Like. Yeah, the rave scene and uh, tyres and the rest of it, yeah. Oh, it's, it's so good. I think... The one line that just still gets me all the time is when he, um, Simon Peck's character shows the, the artist dude who lives in the basement Star Wars for the first time while we're talking about Star Wars and they're all dead stoned and it, it, uh, it just reminds me of like living in a flat years ago in our early 20s and stuff when you were just sat around there was just a mess everywhere and um, the guy from the basement's talking about uh, chaos theory and he's like goes into this big long like spiel about like wait if that wouldn't have happened then this wouldn't have happened and oh my god and then Sam Peck pikes up and goes, oh my God. And they all look at him and he goes, I've got some fucking Jaffa cakes in my coat pocket. <laughs> it's, it's like the most brilliant stone and observation ever. Absolutely. Yeah, having this big life-changing revelation and it's like, chocolate. Anyway, back to pre-party training. Steve, another thing we've got to cover is our job. Matt, our job. Steve, yes, our job. Women like men with good paying, stable and important jobs. Matt, dude, we make good money. Steve, yeah, for running a site frequented by 13-year-old boys with bad acne who spend most of their time in front of television and taking exceedingly long showers. Matt, so how the hell am I supposed to make that socially acceptable? Steve, what I tell them is that I own and operate one of the most popular websites in the world. And if they ask me what the site is, I just play a coin and mention that if it wasn't for pornography, my site would probably be the most popular in the world. Internal, Steve's party. Matt confidently approaches a girl. Matt, so what do you do? 
girl too. Oh, give one of these girls a name, man. It reminds me of that um, Bechdel Wallace test, which is brought up on um, Rick and Morty. Did you remember that episode? Remind me. Um, where Rick's like, you know, you know the the, the Bechdel Wallace test. It's 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 a sea of two female characters in a book or a film or a TV show speak to each other and have a conversation. Oh yes, that isn't about a man. And um, that's right. Most media fails miserably. <laughs> like um, it's really well dealt with in Rick and Morty and Get Book Girl too. Here we go. Straight to the point, huh? Well, if you must know, I'm an accountant. What about you? Matt, well, if you must know, I own and operate one of the largest websites. Girl 2, suddenly very interested. You don't say. What what site is it? Matt trying to be funny. I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. Girl 2, taking it back. You'd kill me. Matt stumbling. Oh, uh, well, sorry. It's not like... GTA 4 when I drive around murdering prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> Quick shot of girl too confused. Cuts, and I don't mean to imply that you're a prostitute, unless of course you are a prostitute and not an accountant. As I said, I mean, in that case, I'd like to know that I have nothing but respect for your profession. <laughs> An awkward silence again. Matt, sorry, sorry. I, I, I kind of ramble when I'm nervous. You wanted to know what website it is, just... Tell you, if it wasn't for porn, then I'd have a lot more time on me hands. <laughs> Girl, pervert, stay away from me. Hey, he fucked that one up, didn't yeah, he? he? blew that one. Massively. Internal, Steve's apartment. Steve. And finally, and this is definitely the most important, you have to treat women with respect. Matt, coming from you, that just sounds ridiculous. Matt, I didn't say you, you actually had to respect them. You just have to make them think that you respect them. <laughs> oh, my God. God. This Steve guy is definitely one of those game people who you were talking about before. Yeah. Once you take care of business, you can toss them aside like an empty milk carton. Fuck, oh. Fucking hell. Matt, that's more like it. So Matt's on board with that one. <laughs> oh, he likes that, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Sup, bro? He's bad, bro. Internal. Steve party. An obviously drunk girl approaches Matt. Girl three. Hey there, you're cute. Matt, thanks. What can I do for you? Girl three. Oh, I think you could find something to do for me. Matt. That's quite the bracelet you have there. Do you like jewellery? Girl three. What, what girl doesn't? Matt. That's good because I've got a pearl necklace with your name on it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> girl three slaps Matt and walks away. The party is dying and Steve enters. Steve, ouch, dude. You've had a rough night. Matt, yeah. Thanks for all the coaching. Steve, hey, the playbook is proven. You just have to execute it properly. Matt, whatever. How's Danny's plan working? Steve, surprisingly well. Camera pans to Dan with a very drunk and touchy Jennifer. Is Jennifer's fiance? Uh, yeah. She is, isn't she? Yeah. Jennifer, let's get out of here. I want to take you to bed. He's impressed his friends by... Chatting up his fiance. <laughs> Good job. Dan, I'll get our coats. Jennifer, I'm a big girl. I can take them. I don't know how much you like to watch me walk away. Jennifer begins to walk away, trying to act sexy, but obviously very drunk. She falls hard and is a loud crash. Dan running to Jennifer. Oh, shit. <laughs> Internal Steve's apartment. Matt is sitting at a table with a bottle of whiskey. Steve sits down next to him, takes a pull. Steve, crazy night. Matt, yeah. How's Jen? Steve, at the hospital. Matt takes a pull. Rough. 
Looks like Danny will have to unload the gun himself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> these, these fellas should talk about wanker in Star Wars, don't they? Yeah. Steve, yeah, and what about you? You had a pretty brutal night yourself. Matt, I'll be fine. Steve, standing up and patting Matt on the back. That's me, boy. I'm going to get to bed. Don't worry. We'll get you through this, no matter how long it takes. Steve leaves Matt and takes a pull. There's a silence as Matt sighs. Takes another pull and pulls out his phone. Another pull and an awkward decision-making sigh. Matt opens phone, looks at the screen. Camera cuts to a close-up of the screen and reads, Calling Megan. I don't think we've got any sympathy or... (laughs) (laughs) Empathy <laughs> for Matt and his exploits, have we? He's made his bed. That's it. He certainly has. Matt, fucking hell. Oh, man, that was funny. Gang of tech bros. I enjoyed that. I thought there was um, there was plenty of good humour in there, and I liked the way they kind of did that. Um, during the coaching, it kind of like flipped back and forth to mm. pre-coaching, in the scene, you know, talking to the girl. It was It read well, I thought. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it did. I think um, he's, he's tried to create a, a scene. You could definitely see it as a sitcom. I think um, it would benefit loads from um, splitting those three characters apart and giving them much more distinguishable characteristics and right. features and explain how old they are and what they look like and then really sort of um, make them bounce off each other with their own different characteristics, you know. I think it would benefit loads from that. But other than that, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, me too. Here he comes in a bad t-shirt, reading up all night, pointing moves in the dirt. He wakes up late and grabs a beer, his friends come round to give him a steer. There he goes in an X-Wing fighter, he's gonna masturbate over Street Fighter. Before you um, get involved in this next script, I'd just like to make a, a humongous announcement. I didn't know this until recently. Did you know that? Obviously, they're making Avatar sequel slash sequels. Do you know how many Avatar sequels they're currently making? How many they're making? Yeah. Uh, I assumed it was one. I don't know. Um, if it's something unusual, I'm going to say like two or three. They're making four more Avatar sequels. What? At all at the same time, and they've all been pushed back year after year after year. No way. It's fucking crazy. They're making four more Avatar films. So we apparently we need five Avatar films. How long did it take to film the first? Didn't the first one take a ridiculous amount of time? Like they had to create the technology to film it. Yeah. It didn't exist or something. Yeah, totally. It was, um, and they've just kept it in problem after problem. And this one was meant, the second Avatar film was meant to be released in 2015, I think it was, which is just Oh, really? The announcement is, managed to secure the script for the next Avatar film, and that's what we're going to be reading now. Can you believe it? This is, oh, this is one of the, um... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just opening it now. Oh, yeah, look, it's got the the watermark and everything on it from uh, (laughs) James, no, it doesn't. Oh lordy! So this is the Avatar. Next, next Avatar film. Oh, so they. So then, what was the first Avatar movie called? Did it have like a sub uh, heading or something? Like, oh god, I don't know. Avatar: A Time to. Well, this one is called Avatars <laughs> Avatar. Fan Fiction. <laughs> Avatars. Fuck. So it's like Alien Aliens. Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. 
Uh, <laughs> written by G. Miles. Okay, must be um, James Cameron's uh, uh, assistant, <laughs> top writer. <Yeah. laughs> Based on James Cameron's characters from the film and video game with my own characters and creatures added. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> All right. For, come on. Fan fiction's fucking stupid. <laughs> it's the best. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not the biggest sci-fi fan. Um, and you'll probably be able to tell that by the lack of effort I'm about to put into this reading. <laughs> Throw yourself into it, Stu. Fade in. External <laughs> Pandora jungle floor. Evening. Evening. While mounted on the backs of Tita and... Oh, for fuck's sake. Titanotheries. Uh, Titanotheries. I don't know, mate. I haven't got a clue. While mounted on the backs of Titanotheries, <laughs> Jake Sully, Natiri, and their fellow Blue Navi come to halts. They meet face-to-face with a tall, chubby, reddish-orange type of navi that rides drumbeasts, <laughs> plus a veiny, muscular, short, grey kind of navi that ride dire horses. <laughs> Are you... Did he make any of these up yet, or is this in the... I recognise uh, uh, navi. That's the that's the blue... Uh, <laughs> yeah. The blue fellas. He's, he's okay. made up a, a chubby red guy that I imagine looks like fucking Eminem man or something. Sure. And then a veiny, muscular grey one. <laughs> because cool. that's what we need. Veiny. Lovely. Ne- and is it Natiri? Oh. Natiri? I think so, yeah. Natiri? Natiri. We are all brothers and sisters. We should not be warring. Jake Sully. Huh. Don't worry, babe. If it's a turf war they want, then it's what they'll get, all right? <laughs> <laughs> the three opposing sides draw spears, staffs, bows and arrows, woody blowpipes, twin side-handled banana-shaped blades, let out war cries, <laughs> then attack each other while riding their beasts, which groan or neigh when injuring one another. You love this. Fucks. Do you think writing fan fiction is the is the equivalent of the fucking kid who goes to the concert and somewhere in the back of their mind he's thinking, oh, if the guitarist gets ill, I'll be able to put my hand up and step in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like... Like, are they writing this shit with a... With a is this just for personal consumption or are they hoping Mr. Cameron sees it and... And signs him up for the next one. I, I, I couldn't possibly um, guess, you know. It's it's someone who's so into something, like they love it. Like people get mad obsessed with Harry Potter, don't they, and Star Wars. And it's like they love these characters so much, but you've only got like a finite amount of time to watch them. There's only so many films. Right, There's only right. so many situations. And it's like these, these people want to make these characters act the way they want them to act. Right, they can't let go. They, they, yeah. They're not happy with the... Uh... All right. Um, one grey navvy climbs onto Jake's back and puts him in a full Nelson. <laughs> Wrestling reference there. <laughs> Jake struggles to try and break out Wait, of it. Wait, they're in the middle of a war and he's doing wrestling moves. 
He is, yeah. He's found some ropes to stand on. He's holding a chair. <laughs> just like doing a people's yeah. elbow off a horse or something. Like <laughs> yeah. He's just nicked his uh, eye- eyelid, his eyebrows, blood yeah. coming down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you see that? Yeah. Imagine that in um, like the middle of like the War of the Roses, like a big bloody battle, like 20,000 people, and someone started doing like the sharpshooter or something in the middle of the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> Bouncing off an oak tree. <laughs> With twin side-handled banana-shaped blades, one reddish-orange navvy beheads Jake to a slump. What? Oh. It, it just cu- does an elbow drop on that grey navvy. <laughs> wrestling moves. Shakes the ground when crushing it to the ground. Yeah, there's all kinds of wrestling moves peppered throughout this. Jake and Neytiri's son sob while kneeling over Jake's headless corpse. What? So it, he was like the main protagonist in the first Avatar film, wasn't he? He was the the marine who went native, wasn't he? Yeah, um, Sam Worthington, his name is. I I read an, um, a review of Clash of the Titans years and years ago, which came out not long after Avatar, and it was fucking horrible, like Clash of the Titans remake. Oh, and um, it the the reviewer just ripped the piss out of it. I think it was a Guardian one, and um, they were going on about how bad an actor Sam Worthington is. And um, really. Do you know the way certain things just stick in your mind? They described him as an omnipresent actor with no discernible accent. That's <laughs> 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 just fucking nailed the guy. It's horrible, isn't it? After he sniffles, gasps, wipes the tears from his eyes. Natiri's son. I swear to Iwa, I will avenge him, Ma. <laughs> Ma. <laughs> we slowly zoom out into the sky where reddish-orange navvy that ride buzzing hellfire wasps Grey navvy that ride sting bats and blue navvy that ride banshees dart each other with blowpipes and use bows to fling arrows into each other. A roaring toru swoops in. All three sides retreat. <laughs> Fucking bizarre. You don't like the roaring toru, do you? No, no. Transition two. Internal. RDA bunker. Dusk. Three uniformed RDA soldiers, two men, one woman, all lay down in adjacent pods. RDA soldiers. So, who else is using blood-stained navy bones as chew toys? That'd be me. Plus, I'm alpha female of our pack, since my viper wolf's the strongest. <laughs> Psh, whatever. You're still letting him, and I sniffed that ass, girl. <laughs> What? What's going Uh, on? They close their eyes. This scientist transfers their souls over into the lifeless bodies of their viper wolf avatars, which are each a separate colour with tiger stripes. Oh, God. Okay. I bet this guy's a furry as well. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. Do we want uh, a fairy pile on? Are we going to go down that avenue? I know yeah, a we, furry. You don't. I do. A real life furry? Real life furry. That's all oh, I can man. say. What the fuck? <laughs> no, 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 no. To be continued. Oh my gosh. And that's not some like Easter egg that it's me. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh my no, god! No, I, I know. I know of someone who, uh, who, uh, you know, proudly told me, with no shame. Um, 
have, have they got a name like, a, like an animal name and the character and all that yeah <laughs> wow yeah Fucking they do yeah. Wow. yeah oh my god just get a just get a gerbil man and I think and I think I think because you know like um, that Spider-Man where there was like the red blue daytime Spider-Man and the black nighttime Spider-Man oh yeah it's the same for a furry. Okay. So like, they have like... There's the the outfit they can wear to the village fate. And there's the outfit that stays in the hotel room. Oh, God. That, that's not... Never should see the light of day. Oh, man. It's all just... Uh, oh. I don't understand hey. it, so I don't want to rip it too much. But I just think it's... it's yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Within another room, they awaken in opening pods as the viper wolves. They smile. I just see Alibate. people in like friggin' animal suits now <laughs> running through the forest, <laughs> running through the uh, the lobby of the uh, the Bradford Hilton conference room. Yeah, where they've yeah. had their annual meetup. <laughs> they smile, salivate, pant with tongues out. The males sniff the females' butt. She snarls at him. It's like a furry meetup. Two regular oh, viper God, wolves wearing RDA mind control collars, you know, standard issue, join them to form a small pack. The pack howls, dashes out of the bunker's opened tunnel exit door, then into Pandora's jungle. Transition to internal. Stationary gargantuan RDA submarine night. Gargantuan. That's um what's her name? L off of uh Kill Bill when she's in the trailer with Bud and she's handing over that suitcase of cash to buy oh, his yeah. Hanzo sword. And she goes, Gargantuan. I always love that word. I so rarely have an opportunity to use it. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Um Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah and Michael Madsen, yeah. That's right, that's right. Gargantuan. Anyway, Miles Jr., Miles Quaritch's son, lays in a pod. A lady scientist prepares to transfer his soul over into his avatar's body. Wait, this is Miles Jr.? The writer of this is a Mr. G. Miles. So perhaps that's him. Scientist... Hey, son of Miles Quaritch, still hurt about your father's death, huh? If you're thinking about avenging him, consider that you'll most likely fail due to being undertrained. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's a little bit. Imagine saying to mm. someone, "Oh, you, you want you're you're hurt. You must be really hurt about your father's death," <laughs> and then saying that. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Oh my God. You can't do anything about it. Well, Miles Junior's retort. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Get me inside of my avatar already. Lord knows I want to blow your goddamn brains out. <laughs> what the fuck? I was not expecting that. I've read this and I did not expect that. <laughs> Bitch, shut the fuck up. Scient- <laughs> Scientist, you might get revenge on your father's killer, but I won't stand by and let you nuke all of Pandora's continents afterwards. He guffaws, <laughs> shuts his eyes, and awakens inside the body of his reddish-orange Navi avatar that wears nothing but a loincloth. 
within a different room, where he climbs out of the pod. Next, he grabs twin pistols, exits the surfaced submarine, hops onto one of many RDA soldier-steered power boats that have Ooh. rotary cannons mounted on them. Ooh. The lady scientist quickly turns an AMP machine suit on with three back-to-back torsos that each have their own pair of arms. What? She transfers her soul over into her female grey Navi avatar's body that's in a lab coat, so you know it's a scientist, rouses, (laughs) grabs a sawed-off shotgun, leaves the submarine hangs onto that triple torso amp machine suit as it swims towards a fjord. I just imagine I mean, the person writing this just absolutely delighted with themselves that they've just written the coolest fucking thing that's ever right. that they've ever possibly thought about. Like just typing it with his eyes shut. You can just <laughs> mm, <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh Transition to internal, a cave that's filled with glowing crystals, which change colours. Night, yeah, he's uh, he turns up at some Dairy Queen and sees his mates. He's got this big wad of paper. He's like, guys, I yeah. finished it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. Neytiri, her son, and countless other blue navi sit crisscrossed, eyes shut, holding hands in a circle while facing a campfire. In Navi tongues, they say their grace aloud before they chow down on roast fish, roast hexapede, deer legs, raw giant pulsating tubers. What? Then they use their hands to drink from a stream. Yeah. Giant pulsating <laughs> tubers. Mm-hmm. Are they just like big like brass instruments? <laughs> Perhaps they are. Uh. Afterwards, most of them stand for a tribal dance as the seated Navi play drums, vine harps and woody flutes. External Pandora Jungle Dawn. That viper wolf pack devours a Tarpius carrion, pounces towards Porolimurus, which use their feet to slam the whimpering pack off of them when swinging from vine to vine. Mm. In that fjord nearby, one blue navy child, one reddish-orange navy child, and one grey navy child giggle while they race each other on the backs of manned giant lizards with gills. Long fish fins for arms and legs, (laughs) plus one long octopoid tentacle for a tail. One bellowing seahorse serpent emerges from behind them. Oh, God. The shrieking Navi children fall with splashes, crawl onto land. Those giant lizard fish swim seaward when chased by the seahorse serpent. The viper wolf pack snarls, trots towards the cowering Navi children for an assault. We're not even halfway through. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I thought it was fairly short. This eight pages, I think it was. No, you know, it is, it is, it is. just feels like... Forever. That scientist intervenes while mounted on a roasting Thanator. It helps her fight one of those male viper wolves who becomes transparent. Other male who temporarily blinds them with light 
flashes emitted from his head. <laughs> what the the female whose scratch bite and gunshot wounds instantly heal. And those two mind-control collared regular viper wolves. Sorry, I just need to go back to the guy whose head's like a flashing camera. <laughs> he just goes around flashing people with his head. <laughs> oh my god. This is batshit. It is. That triple torso amp machine suit shows up and then shuts down. Those Navi children sit back to back in its torso seats, finding a way to turn it back on. They help the scientists fight the pouncing viper wolves by backfisting, punching, kicking and hammer fisting them around. The Thanator sniffs out that transparent male who creeps up on it, claws through his heart, offing him. His corpse becomes visible. With one arm, the scientist choke slams that female viper wolf. There you go, wrestler. Shoots those. Is that a oh, choke slam? Yeah. yeah. Shoots those regular viper wolves dead. <laughs> Misses the last male whose light flash blinds her. Her sawn-offs kick back. Knocks her off the Thanator. That female mauls the bleeding Thanator lifeless. The Navi children pull out the amp suit's large knives, stab that light-flashing male viper wolf to death, draw the suit's rotary guns and fire at the female until she flees. They exit the suit. I don't know who's fighting anyone for what reason. No. No one does. Scientist, run, young ones! In the fjord, RDA soldiers aim their assault rifles and powerboats rotary gun at the petrified Navi children. So they must be the baddies then? They must be. Are we the baddies? We've got little skulls on our hands. All three types of adult Navi rush out and leap between them. Some hurl a dagger, some blowpipe a dart, some throw a spear, others fling an arrow from a bow. They kill every soldier, yet their bodies get lodged with bullets before they hit the ground, halfway dead. The unscathed Navi children goggle. Tears drip from their watery eyes. Oh, it sounds like those uh, adult Navi um, did a a gallant thing there. Right. Protecting them young ones. Hmm. Miles Jr. Woo! Yeah! Uh huh. <laughs> How on Mars did you tree huggers miss me? Your biggest target. Miles is a little twat. He's an asshole, a isn't twat. he? Miles Jr. gets off the powerboat, aims his pistols, and finishes them off. Runs out of ammo. The scientist says, Dodge this. With her sword off shotgun's last round, she grazes him. Hand over wound, he stumbles backwards walks forward and pistol whips her noggin once which knocks her unconscious. Natiddy and her son arrive. Miles Jr. Well, well, well. If it ain't the scum who offed my dad. Been tracking you down for hours. Hours? Mm. By the way, you look gorgeous in your RDA satellite taken profile picture. That's right. Even as a human, I found you navvy women sort of sexy. Who knows? Maybe I'll cop a feel before I strangle you to death. Oh, Miles is a fairy asshole. as well, but he's just into strangulation. <laughs> like King Joffrey. 
Oh, God, yeah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. After Nathiri hisses at Miles Jr. and her son draws twin side handled banana shaped blades from sheaths strapped to his back. Oh, didn't see that coming. Mm. Nathiri's son. You come near her and I'll sever you. One of yours murdered my pa. So it's a head for a head. Miles Jr.'s facial expression goes from amused to nervous. He flees onto the back of a giant lizardfish. <laughs> Nethiri's son mounts on one also and pursues him as he rides towards that submarine. That that submarine. That that submarine. <laughs> they pass by the rest of those powerboat riding RDA soldiers who shoot at all three types of adult navy who ride giant lizardfish, fling arrows from bows at the soldiers and dart the soldiers with blowpipes. Miles Jr., I'll ravage this planet's continents with sub-nukes before I let ya slice me up. <laughs> Alright, so he's looking for revenge. Transition to internal, stationary, gargantuan RDA submarine. Hmm. Morning. Neytiri's son follows Miles Jr. down a ladder, which leads to a spacious room. It is a gargantuan submarine. Oh, God, yeah. Spacious. Miles Jr. commences the nuke launch countdown. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Launches 100 nukes. <laughs> wow. One hundred oh, son slashes the control panel up, prevents the launch, and all the nukes fall from the sky. So wait there. This guy turns up, and he's launching 100 nukes, and then Neytiri's mm-hmm. son turns up with a banana-shaped sword. And the, the nukes are in the air. <laughs> They've been launched. And he slashes the control panel with said sword and they all fall to the ground. Good job. Well, that's why Miles Jr.'s reply is, Damn you! This is weird that I know this. Do you know how many nukes, like, there are? Do you, do you know? I don't. Well, I like it. Do you know how many nukes the UK has? I'm going to say the nu- I'm gonna say it's less than 10 per, like, big nation. So I'm gonna, maybe 40, 50. The UK has over 200. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. No. Do you know how many um, the US and Russia... It's It's been on or off, up and down slightly. One has the edge. The US and Russia both have about 6,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is terrifying. Isn't it? And that doesn't, get, that doesn't include, like, Israel, who I think have, like, 100... Iran, not Iran, um, Pakistan, India, North Korea, France. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, basically, they've just been hoarding all the uranium and just developing it as fast as possible. Oh Polonium, uranium, plutonium. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? That's terrifying. Yeah. So, uh, Miles Jr. just launched half of the UK's <laughs> trident capacity. <laughs> Which is jump change to America and Russia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a hundred nukes. Oh my god. Miles Jr. grabs twin machetes. He and Nethiri's son blade fight. Angrily, parry, dodge, gash one another. Nethiri's bloody sun blade strikes the machetes out of bloody Miles Jr.'s bloody hands. Bloody Miles Jr. Bloody hell. Nearly got me then. <laughs> Miles Jr. drop kicks him so that he stumbles backwards, just like in wrestling. <laughs> Nathiri's son blade strikes this huge window, shattering it. A seahorse serpent enters the opening as seawater pours in, flooding the submarine. 
Miles Jr. screams underwater. <laughs> I don't know what that sounds like. The seahorse serpent gobbles him up. Natiri's son rides it out of the submarine through a kelp forest of fish that swim away and then out to the ocean where it bellows beneath the morning sun. Fade out. Oh, is that it? It's over. That really brought it together for me at the end. It just leaves it with a hundred nukes lingering mid-air. <laughs> <laughs> they, all, they all live happily yeah, ever after for about five seconds. Yeah, they're all laying there on the ground. They've been charged and uh, primed, but they haven't reached their target destination yet. They went to space, they had a taste for wolf arse. Chowing down on roasted lizard fish, yeah. Some boring shit about avenging fathers. A hundred nukes versus swords like bananas, yeah. I wanna do whatever weird fairies do I wanna live with fairy people I wanna live with fairy people like you That was Avatars fan fiction written by G Miles and I believe that's uh, episode two of the five part <laughs> Avatar uh, franchise I'd say what, <clears throat> the real Avatar sequel's got a lot to live up to hasn't it? I mean if it's anything less than that with... Stocky, yeah. grey, veiny avatars and pulsating <laughs> brass instruments and little right. fat red ones. It's going to be a disappointment. What's James Cameron getting? Like, who's what studio's taking that on? I haven't got a clue. Need to look at it. Um, he must make money off I of that. I wonder if he's got a distributor for it. He must have a distributor, yeah. Must, mustn't he? Because they must be chumping up, stumping up some serious cash to make four right. films with absolutely no return yet. Right, exactly. No, and they're just pouring money out and with all this COVID stuff going on. Well, the second one's been pushed back, like I say, from 2014, 2015, year on year. Um, mm. And I think, they, I think they said that they've more or less finished it. So it's, it's going to be not coming out till 2022, I think now, or 2021. Um, and they finished nearly all the footage for the third one, which means I don't think they've even started the fourth or the fifth yet. Really? Which is... Just fucking mental, like, just, it starts to wrap your head around, isn't it? It's insane. Anyway. That's insane. There we go. Well, that was a little taster for you. Avatars. <laughs> it's got me in the mood to watch Avatar, though, I've got to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I might go and watch Star Wars for the first time. <laughs> for the first time? Never seen it. You've never watched Star Wars? No. I'm, I mean, I know, I. it's in the popular culture, so I'm aware of, like, the characters and the sounds and everything, but I'm I, no, I've never sat down and watched any of them. Wow, that's um. Yeah, actually, no, I tell a lie. When I was at university, um, the only one I've ever seen came out, and it had that octopus fish fella in that nobody liked. Oh, Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> that's right, Jar Jar. <laughs> the Binks. one you've the one film you've seen is the Phantom Menace. That's that's right, Phantom Menace. Oh my god! It's the one time I went and saw um, Star Wars, Phantom Menace, which was lambasted at the time and was said to have destroyed Star Wars. But we're at the point now where um, millennial culture is bringing it back, and so it's cool now because it's funny and it's oh, it's cool again. It's, it's silly and yeah, you know, all that. Like, do you think like like I love comedy? I know you do, and I I, I talk to my friends in the states who 
know that I like comedy and they just start quoting Monty Python, right? Monty, mm. Monty Python wasn't my generation. It wasn't my time. And I think comedy mm. ages real badly, real badly. Yeah. Like yeah. it's funny of a time because it's commenting on what's going on. And as as important as Monty Python was and is, I don't think, I just don't like it. I don't think it's very good. It's It was, it's, probably geniusly written and put together and at the time it was you know if you grew yeah. up with it it's hilarious like to us spaced is still yeah. very good it's dated but we have a we remember it from when it came out so we'll always like it yeah but for someone getting into it now they go Ugh, no this is uh do you think it's the same with like with star wars i if i sit down and watch i guess their, their movies what four five and six mm-hmm. um Am I going to enjoy that as much because they're old and they've de- or am I going to be going, oh, I think, yeah, it depends, really. It's a dead good point what you're bringing up there. And I'm totally with you on Monty Python. Um, like, I've got affection towards it, but nowhere near as much as the people who love it. And then there's loads of mu- music that's meant to be incredible. The greatest music ever written, which I don't like or don't listen to. I don't listen to yeah. the Beatles. I don't listen to Jimi Hendrix. I don't listen to Bob Dylan. It's not right. It's not my music, you know. A lot of the stuff that we we listened to was like not necessarily the most popular genre of music, was it? We were always into a lot of punk music stuff like that, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, we were absolutely. And, it's, and like the classic stuff, it's important because it's influenced somebody who's influenced somebody who's influenced the band that you do listen to. Mm. But yeah, to sit down and and listen to, I like, I and I hate the, I hate the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I, I, it's so bad to say. I just, me too. I just don't enjoy it. It's not good. No, it's not. Good. <laughs> I really don't like it. I don't like it. But going back to Star Wars, I really like Star Wars. But I think if you like it, that's fine. If you don't like it, that's obviously completely fine. But it's, in my yeah. opinion, it's really good storytelling and really good characters and really good themes. So I'm, I'm at the stage now because I'm dead into Star Wars. I wanted mm. to know what led up to Star Wars. So I've like read June and Foundation books. Like there's a new June film coming out next year, and they all influence Star Wars and. Um, Kurosawa. I was going to say Akira Toriyama, which is a fucking Dragon Ball Z guy. Akira Kurosawa. Um, so that was a massive influence on Star Wars, because Star Wars is basically samurai films with uh, laser swords, supposed to samurai swords. That's the whole thing. Right. But then he was influenced, like I say, by Foundation and Dune. So I'm getting into all that stuff now. So it's like when you listen to a band that you like, and then you listen to their influences, and, you know. You start digging backwards, absolutely. That's that's why I like Tarantino movies. Yeah. As much as, much as and I'm a... I'm a huge Tarantino fan. We recently did um, a Tarantino-a-thon where mm. we watched like all eight or nine pictures, you know, over a, over a week. No way. I just got a, and I got a horrible feeling like, I, don't, I can't say it. I'll cut this. I got a horrible feeling like, Quentin. Oh, shit. I just got this horrible feeling about him. You know. He's a bit creepy, isn't he? As, as amazing as so, he is. Did you see Brad Pitt like on that speech talk about his foot fetish, Quentin's yes. foot fetish over my? And then you start thinking, oh God, yeah, all these movies, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's something. I hope it's. I hope feet is his thing, and that's it. <laughs> I can live with. I can live with Quentin being into feet. <laughs> you know, anything else he's gonna ruin. It's going to ruin all those movies. Aww. They're still great. They're still great pictures. They yeah. are. They're getting better, I think. I think, like, The Hateful Eight is fucking unbelievable. It's all filmed like one room. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. It's just all dialogue. 
It's all dialogue. It's metal, isn't it? And the detail he put into Once, on, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like yeah, they were yeah, saying, yeah. I enjoyed that film. The car, the car drives down like Sunset Strip, and there's magazines in the shop across the street that are of the date that it's supposed to be. Even wow. though the camera's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, right. the level of detail on that was incredible. That's a, that's really impressive. That's really impressive, man. But anyway, yeah, that was gamers and avatars. That was loads of fun, Stu. I really enjoyed them. Um, yeah me too very good that was an awful lot of fun uh, if you would like to give us a wee review or a wee subscribe or a little thumbs up that would be amazing um, like I say we've said on many episodes we love reading reviews and um, send us an email if you've got a script as well that'd be fantastic yeah absolutely and our next episode will be our Christmas scripts um, of course I think I think we've figured out what we're going to read but we're always open to last minute curveballs so if you've got any uh any um christmas themed scripts for movies or tv shows gathering dust on your on a thumbstick somewhere uh send them over to us and we will gladly read them out definitely how could i forget the next time you'll be listening to this it'll be christmas day how mad's that and i'm sure everyone will be uh tuning into the bad scream <laughs> podcast on christmas day so i can't wait to see the uh, download stats for that absolutely day. absolutely <laughs> so yeah the next next time we talk Stu, we'll be talking christmas that'll be fun until next time Stu. see ya see ya being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra and united healthcare makes it easy with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they supplement your primary plan helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods so when it comes to covering your medical bills you can feel good about being a little extra visit uh1.com to find the health protector guard plan for you Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.